Good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Hope Church Online. We are so glad that you are joining us this morning. I'm Ben. I'm Caitlin. And we want to just share with you what's happening here at New Hope Church that you can be a part of. Here at our church, we have something called Rooted and Growing to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. At Rooted and Growing Groups is where you get to meet in small groups, and they do Bible studies, they do all these other things to build relationships, one, with each other, but most of all, with Jesus. And so if you're interested in joining one of our Rooted and Growing Groups, be sure to visit our website, www.newhopehilo.org slash discipleship and find out all about our rooted and growing small groups that are happening right now. And another amazing tool and resource that we have that you can sign up and use to grow in your relationship with Jesus is something called Right Now Media. Right Now Media has thousands of Bible studies that you can take part in, that you can watch online and grow in your relationship with Jesus. In fact, if you have kids like me, like Caitlin, there's even a section on Right Now Media just for kids that helps them grow and understand who Jesus is. Isn't that cool, Caitlin? Yeah. There's so many amazing resources on Right Now Media that helps with marriage, with for guys, for ladies, for parents for whatever it may be for young adults for college students for students for youth there's so many bible studies so be sure to sign up for right now media if you're a kid like me we have something marvelous for you just take a look hi mighty marvel kids my name is jubilee and i want to tell you all about mighty marvel kids club it's for kids in the first to fifth grade kids club meets every other tuesday at 4 p.m on zoom check out our children's activity page on our new hope church website for more details kids here's how you join your parents will need an online zoom account then all you have to do is email aunt kim at kim at newhopehilo.org and request a link and password to join the kids club in kids club you'll do things like crafts show and tell bible stories cooking fun projects and so much more it's all about fellowshipping with other Mighty Marvel kids. We can't wait to see you. That's so marvelous. That is. That's so amazing to hear. And you know what's also amazing? Is January 31st. It's the first fifth Sunday of 2021. And you know what that means? It's Aloha Sunday. Our very first Aloha Sunday of 2021. And Aloha Sunday is where we bring awareness to our missions here at New Hope Church. And so what's so awesome is that we get to wear our Aloha wear wherever you're at as we celebrate what God is doing, not just here in Hilo or even Hawaii, but all over the world. And so be sure to join us January 31st, Aloha Sunday. There's so many things happening. There's so many ways that we want to stay connected with you. So be sure to follow us on our social media. Be sure to download our New Hope Church app. Be sure to visit us on our website. And once again, thank you so much for joining us today. At this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. So thanks, Caitlin, for helping me with the announcements. I just want to say thank you so much to all of you who have been continuously giving throughout this season. And, you know, we didn't know what 2020 was going to look like. And we still don't know what 2021 is going to look like. But that's okay. We don't have to look at the year. We just have to stay focused and keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on Jesus. Because it's Him that's going to do great things. And you know what's so amazing is that we never intended, we never knew service was going to look like how it does now. But you know what's one of my greatest joys is when Katie sends me video of our two youngest, our twins, as they're watching service online while I'm at at the church and they're at home. 
You see, God does great things because that's who he is. And when he takes our tithes and offerings, when we give him our tithes and offerings, he continues to do great things with it. He continues to touch people's lives. He continues to do great and mighty things because that's who he is. And so as you continue to give into the Lord your tithes and offerings, that means you receive our tithes and offerings, we're, we're going to give it to the Lord knowing that because of who he is, we can look forward to what he's going to do. So would you join me as we pray for our tithes and offerings? Lord, we come before you right now, Lord, and Lord, we just want to say thank you so much for who you are. That, Lord, it is you that is greater than anything else in this world. And so, Lord, as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we don't, we don't look anywhere else but keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on you as you continue to do those great things that only you can do. And, Lord, I pray right now for those who are giving, Lord, may they trust in you, may they know that, Lord, you're going to do great and powerful things, that you're going to continue to reach people far from you, even in this season, because that's your heart. And what a joy it is as we give unto you, Lord, knowing that you're going to continue to do great things. And so, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. Thank you for allowing us to partner with you as we give you our tithes and offerings today. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we continue to, we continue to look forward to what you're going to do in 2021 and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, Keelan, are you excited for today's message? Yeah. That's right. I hope you are because Pastor Sheldon is going to bring another one as we continue in our series. So would you welcome Pastor Sheldon as he gives today's message? Hi, Uncle Sheldon. What's up, Caitlin? Good to see you. And of course, you, Pastor Ben. And today we get to continue in our series, our series, Experiencing True Life. We experience life, but we want to experience true life. Now, Jesus put it this way. He said that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he said this, but I have come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. Like he's saying, I want to give you more than just existence. I want to give you a life that's worth living for. So he has a purpose for every single one of us. And if this is your first time, we have a place for notes. Whatever platform you're on, you can click a link. If you're on YouTube, you're going to have to go in the description. Facebook will post the link. Uh, our church online, which is our website one, or if you went from the app, uh, connected from the app, then there's a place for notes also. And you can click that because it'll help you to follow along and then it'll give you the scriptures so that you can, you can go back to them if you want to. You can uh, review it if you need to. And at the end of our service today, usually we have our discussion and reflection questions uh, that you can always learn from or or use as a way to apply what we're learning today that's why we have the notes so that you can continue on with the learning process because we're not going to learn everything right now in the next 30 minutes or 20 minutes it's a it's a journey that we get to learn and it's a journey to process what god is teaching us because it's a relationship and in the world that we live in there are going to be many things that pull us many things that are going to try to lead us right now we're trying to figure out where we are even in our church services and I, and many of you have asked me you know when are we going to reopen when are we going to regather and i do want to explain something a while back i said you know if we are to gather in small groups or you know with devotional groups and and connect with people 
like we can already do that as individuals nothing is stopping us from having lunch with another believer where we can you know partner up together pray together you can still be a part of a small group of people so you can do that and i said some time ago that if we're not faithful in doing that why would god be faithful in us being able to regather together in the hundreds so what i didn't mean by that is once we start gathering together in small groups then we can reopen it was just to say let's be faithful with what we can do among believers rather than just staying at home waiting for church or the church building to open let's do everything possible so that we can stay connected with other believers and the bible even tells us do not forsake the assembling together so just because the church doors aren't open doesn't mean the church you and i as people cannot assemble together you can still find a couple of believers and, and and meet together so you can pray and ask god how you can do that but until until god says for us to open our doors uh, we're just going to obey his voice we don't know why god would say certain things but we do know that he is doing certain things even in the midst of us not being able to be in the church building so continue your relationship with jesus because that is what is most important build your relationship with him and then the, when the day comes that we can open our doors we'll be ready for you and we we are constantly figuring out ways to do that so that when god says so and we open the doors we're ready for you that everything will be safe we'll have good protocol and we'll be here to take care of you and your family so we want to be led correctly in fact that's what we're going to be talking about today how how can we be led correctly because you and I are going to come against opposition. We're going to have different voices in our head. We have, uh, all, all of us have different upbringings. So how do we follow Jesus and be led correctly when we ourselves have so many different options in being led? Do we follow uh, what we've learned all our life? Do we follow what we've been taught in school? Do we follow what the media says? Do we follow what politics are doing? Do we follow what is happening uh, in our own communities? Like, wh how do we know what is the correct way to be led? How do we know what voice to follow? How do we know that we're doing okay in our relationship with the Lord and then our relationship with people? You know, there's a, there's a way that the Bible tells us to live in a correct way, and it starts with repentance. You know, when Jesus came on the scene, already John the Baptist was preaching about repentance, changing of the mind, turning from your old ways and following God's ways. So when Jesus shows up and Jesus does his ministry, he's now showing everybody the heart of the Father. That's why Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. And then when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't just leave us to ourselves and say, well, good luck with everything that I taught you. He said, I'm going to breathe on you, and I'm going to give you the person of the Holy Spirit, and he will be the guide unto all truth. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we know we can be led correctly because it's his Spirit that is truth. But that's where repentance comes in. See, true repentance needs to be a part of our life. True life can only come out of repentance. Otherwise, we, we get offended, we get hurt so easily, and we're so sensitive to the things that are happening around us that it begins to control our very own life. 
So we, we need to just turn away from whatever offenses are coming at us, or even if we're, we're taking on offenses or we're, we're easily swayed, not towards getting offended, but turning away from being offended and get rid of all of the offenses that we may have committed and then get a new heart, get a new spirit, like have a renewal of the mind. That's why we don't, well, me personally, I, I, am, I am okay with New Year's revolution, revolutions. Is that what it's called? Resolutions. Resolutions. New Year's resolutions. I'm okay with that, but if I'm going to make a resolution, it must be a life resolution. So I have to change it from New Year's resolution to a new life resolution. Otherwise, come mid-January or toward the ending of January, all of our resolutions are gone because it was a New Year's resolution. All of us who are like, I'm going to run every day. I'm going to exercise every day. I drink my protein shakes every day. Eat salad every day. I'm going to do good every day. Are we still doing that? Or this is what I'm going to post every day. This, I'm going I'm to thank God every day. And then are we still doing that? Now, I applaud you if you still are. If you missed or maybe you have not done what you said you were going to do, you can always get back on track. Just change your mindset from a New Year's resolution to this is going to be my life. This is how I want to live. Now, if it's a short thing, some people go like on a 21-day fasting and prayer, which we just finished last week. And when you do a short-term kind of thing, that's great because it does change something in you. It does do something in, in your disciplines, in your habits, and it does change the way you think. So when God gives us this new heart and this new spirit, he shows us that there are possibilities for us in this renewal. If not, then we'll have no real life in us. We'll just exist. We'll do great things, but we want to have true life. We want to experience true life with God because he has the ultimate life for us. And God takes no pleasure in the death of anyone. He takes no pleasure in that. So if we're led by Jesus and being led by Jesus, it takes on an another way of thinking. We have to shift in our thinking. And in the world that we live in, especially as believers, we need to be led by Jesus. And where there are springs of living water, you're going to find that Jesus quenches our spirit when we're dying and thirsting for something more. In the book of Ezekiel, it says in Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 30 through 32, and, and, and God is speaking to the Israelites, his chosen people, and he uses the Israelites as, as an example of who we are to be with him. And he says, therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the sovereign Lord. And then he says this, repent, turn away from all your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. When will you die, people of Israel? Or why will you die, people of Israel? So God is saying, why, why do you want to like, live a life that's just full of death and decay? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. And then he says, repent and live. Like, he gives us a way out of a mundane life, a life filled with darkness, even a life that wherever you may live, you may feel you're oppressed. You may feel like you're in a, a society that, that is not letting you uh, be free to be who you want. 
You may even be part of a governmental system that you feel like you're oppressed. Or maybe you're in a state of confusion, like, I don't know what to do now. God says, repent and live. So we're going to look at a couple things that will help us to do that. And the first is to be aware at my own ways. Be aware. We may look at it as self-awareness. And one of the most underutilized character qualities that God has given to us, one of the most underutilized attributes of mankind is using what is called self-awareness. Now, self-awareness, it's, it's very useful for those in their younger years that are transitioning from childhood to teenage years, and you develop what is called body odor. Self-awareness is a wonderful thing to have. Now, parents will recognize it. Your friends will recognize it. Other people around you will recognize it. But if you don't recognize that you have body odor, then you may not have people surrounding you all the time. So having self-awareness can be a good thing. It, it goes with personal hygiene, having self-awareness. Even, I'm, now, now, okay, I, I'm being cautious on how I say this one. But there are, there are, I'm not judging, it's just a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a friend to a friend, as a friend to a friend. Auntie. Certain things that we used to wear when we were 10 and 12 years old, no can today. No can. No can. No can. Just graciously, graciously. Now, you might be thinking, I can wear whatever I like. Yeah, you can. You can. Just be aware. Just be aware. That's, that's all I'm saying. And some of the brothers, you can wear cut shirt. You can wear cut shirt. That's good when you had abs. That's, that's good. That's good. It's okay. It's okay. Just, just be aware. Just be aware. That's all I'm saying. Just be aware. That's, now, we live in Hawaii. Guys don't wear shirts at all. So just be aware. That's all. And sometimes when you come in for a hug and you're oily, just be aware. That's all I'm saying. No argument here. Just be aware. Like, sometimes being aware of ourselves, that mechanism, aole. No more. We don't have that. So being aware of our own ways is hard for some of us. It takes a lot for us to recognize our own ways. Now, that, just, that might just be uh, outward appearance. What about, like, uh, my attitude? Do I know my attitude? Am I reflecting Jesus? What about my language, the words that I speak? Is it language that honors God, or is it language I used to use before I knew God? What about pride or arrogance? Am I aware of my own pride or my own arrogance? See, self-awareness or, or being aware of my own ways is, is a, it's an amazing skill if practiced. Now, you may have some good friends that can come alongside of you and say, oh, brother, you got to brush your teeth. You, you got you to gotta do that. You just, or or, or they love you enough to tell you the difficult things. We have to be aware of our own ways. There is a, um, I, I want to do an experiment just with you right now. I want to I I try something, and it's an experiment. And I want to see if this is kind of true. Um, 
I don't know if you can see, you don't need to zoom in as for the camera person, but right under my neck, there's, it's very sensitive it's, if I touch it, and, and here's why. So I was in a rush this morning, and I was shaving. Okay, you felt that? I didn't even have to finish my story. Second one. So as I was ironing this shirt last night, I needed to get something in the living room. I got totally distracted, forgot that the iron was already plugged in, and it was going. So when I got back to move everything and I grabbed the iron, and then when I finished, so that's the second one. Then I finished, uh, I finished working out and I make this shake. So my shake, I add orange juice, uh, chocolate protein powder, bananas, strawberries, uh, granola, uh, blueberries, and a huge scoop of peanut butter. And it tastes so <laughs> gross. <laughs> it doesn't taste good at all. <laughs> it is horrible. But get nutrients, so that's what I go for. Okay, I want to ask you a question. With the first story, talking about me shaving, how many of you cringed? I didn't even say what happened. I just gave you a little bit of the story and said that I have something sensitive on my neck. And when I was shaving, and then you just was like, ah, ah, ah. the second one with the iron, I didn't tell you that I touched the bottom and I got burnt, but you assumed that, and it was like a cringe moment. And then when I told you about something gross, you even felt that. That's the theory of what is known as mirror neurons. And in the early 20s, there were, mirror neurons refers to when you, when you see something happening and you have that kind of response, but don't understand why. It comes from monkeys that monkeys would, they would mimic. And scientists and observers would wonder, like, what's making them do that? In fact, in the early 80s, there was an experiment done where the, the, the doctor would feed a monkey peanuts. And they had these probes uh, catching the brain waves of these monkeys, and they noticed that their prefrontal cortex or their motor skills, part of their brain, would light up, as well as the other monkeys who were watching. Same part of the brain. So they would see that happening. And then, as the monkeys would eat the, whether it's a peanut or something, some type of fruit, the other monkeys watching this, that same part of their brain would light up. And then the experiment noticed that when the doctors would have the monkeys watch them, and they took the peanut, same part of their brain would light up. It was the, the part where there are, in theory, mirror neurons. And then when the doctor would eat the peanut, another part of their brain would fire. So what they noticed is in these monkeys that there's a part of our brain that fires when they didn't even experience it themselves. But it fires as if they did. So how does that play with us in, in, in mirror neurons? Well, that phrase, monkey see, monkey do, comes from the study of monkeys in how they use these mirror neurons. So with us, having a, 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 a way to have self-awareness, we can use what God built in us as mirror neurons. 
and we can use it to our advantage. The Bible puts it this way in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 23 to 25, through 25. It says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever intently, looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So God has given us an innate ability to learn something and apply it. That with these mirror neurons, this, this type of brain cell that can respond equally when we watch, when we, when we learn, when we grow. In fact, when the Bible says, when Jesus says, come follow me, he wasn't just talking about close proximity. That wherever I walk, you're going to walk. He was saying, watch my life and then mirror that. But if we don't have self-awareness, if, if I'm not aware of my own ways, as Ezekiel was saying, if I'm not aware of that, how will I know if I'm following Jesus and being led correctly? That's how we can use these, these, these mirror neurons and, and what the Bible says about looking intently in a mirror, that you're intentional about being aware of self. And when we're aware of our own self, then we can see if we're consistent with Jesus or inconsistent with Jesus, which is the core of discipleship. It's learning from Jesus. Can we come to a place as believers that we are aware of our own ways rather than everyone else's? It's amazing for some of us. We can, we can point out so many things in other people, but we have yet to point out our very own. That's where this awareness comes in. Matthew 6.33, it tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what that word seek means? It means to seek in order to find out by thinking, by meditating, by reasoning. You're inquiring into something. So when we're, when we're saying, Lord, I want to be aware of my own ways, Okay, seek first my kingdom because when you're seeking first my kingdom, now you're able to, to think correctly. You can meditate correctly. You can reason correctly because it is all about my kingdom. That's what he's saying. It's about my kingdom. It's not about what's happening in the world. It's about what's happening in my kingdom. So when we look to the word of God, it's like a mirror to our soul. I mean, we do that with, uh, we, everybody has a mirror face. Everybody has a mirror face. For women, it's like the makeup, like you're checking the contour, eyebrows, eyelashes. Guys, you're just kind of like, yeah. That's all we do. That's all we do. It doesn't matter what we look like. We could have just woken up in the morning. It's like, right on. And then our wives are like, are you going to wear that? You're like, yeah, this looks, looks great. But we all have that mirror face. So how about we do this when we come into the presence of Jesus, we, we put on that mirror face with him and say, Lord, I want to reflect who you are. Who am I supposed to be? And then the second, not just be aware of our own ways, but repent from all offenses. Offenses that we've taken on, offenses that we've given, that we, we, we gave to other people, or maybe we, have, maybe we were harsh with someone, and maybe we didn't mean to, but maybe someone got hurt and we found out. How do we correct that? 
Or if someone else has done something to someone else and you watch that and you take on that offense and now you're mad at that person when it was never intended for you to take on in the first place. Ezekiel is saying, get rid of all of these offenses because it's these offenses that are going to lead you in the wrong way. Offenses are, are transgressions or it's the, the word rebellion. There's a rebellious spirit on the inside. The root word, is, the root word actually means to step. That's what it means, like one step at a time. So when we repent from all offenses, we're repenting from stepping in the wrong direction. That if God is this direction and I'm heading towards evil or things that aren't good, I repent. I take another step in the right direction rather than stepping in the wrong direction. I want to be led correctly. Therefore, I must repent from all of my offenses. If I'm stepping in the wrong direction, I'll recognize it, but sometimes it's too late. And by the time we recognize that, boy, I'm, I've been walking in the wrong direction, it takes a lot to turn us around and head in the right direction. That's what happens when we take on offenses. We're so far from wherever God wants us to be that we don't, we don't want to turn away. It feels good because it's that person. That person, they, they, don't, they don't love me. They don't like me. They don't want to be... Uh, they, don't, they don't want the very best for me. Or they promised me these things. Or you said you were going to do this. She said she was going to do this. But it never happened. And so now you keep walking in the opposite direction of who God is and who God is making you to be. So you're so far from experiencing true life. Repent from all offenses. Whether you took it on, whether someone offended you, head back in the right direction so that you can be led correctly. Maybe a coworker said something, a boss that promised something and it didn't happen, or a friend said something. Sometimes we hold on to offenses that we can't even receive from people anymore. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter three, uh, excuse me, chapter six, verses three through five. And this is when Jesus was doing his ministry that they scoffed at him. They said, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters are right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. That's a sad predicament to be in. That you have the Son of God in your midst. That He can bring healing and wholeness to every single person who's dealing with whatever they're dealing with. But because of offense and their unbelief, He could do no miracles, except for a little bit, just, just with a few people. So you're stepping in the wrong direction when you very rarely see miracles happen. And we're not just talking about miracles that, you know, healing people and all of that. There are miracles when, when I say I'm sorry to Heidi, who's my wife. That's a miracle. It's a miracle when we're able to budget our finances and actually stick to it. A miracle is something that only God can do. So for some of us, we're looking at the big miracles out there when God is looking at the ones that are hidden in our hearts. And he's saying, but I can't do anything because of these offenses. You're, you're blocking my miracles from happening. 
And it happens so subtly. It's one step at a time that we move in the opposite direction. Next thing you know, we're at each other's throats, and we don't know why. But we've been walking in the wrong direction one step at a time. And the result is going to be the same. Even if it's one step at a time, and you find yourself way down here, the result is the same. No miracles can happen. We don't experience true life. But if we head in the right direction, we repent from all of our offenses and everything that we hang on to, and then we allow the Lord to come in. And now we get to recognize our own ways rather than following the ways of God. When we recognize our own ways, then we're able to repent. We can actually be specific and say, God, here's where I've been messing up in. Here's where I've been falling short in. I need to be better in this. I want to change. It's always one step at a time. And just think about, okay, so this is not to, so if children are watching, this, this, is, this is what I used to do, okay? So parents, this is, a, this is kind, of a, kind of an edgy area. So when I would sneak out of my house, there were a couple ways to do it. This is before I knew Jesus. This is before I knew Jesus. Children, you know Jesus now, so you don't sneak out of the house. So before I knew him, there were different ways to escape <laughs> my house. Uh, a couple of them were to get out of the house, not through the front door. I'll just leave it at that. But if I needed to go through the front door, I would have to wait until my mom was busy enough where I could sneak out. Now, the thing with my house where I was growing up, it was on, on, on uh, it was, uh, what do you call that, post and pier. So it was wooden flooring. So you know how certain areas of the house, it cracks and creaks? So I had to memorize what areas would crack and creak so I wouldn't step there. So when I would leave the house, I would have to leave watching where my mom was. get outside, I would just run. I could run wherever I wanted to go. Why? Because I, in the house, it was just one step at a time. It was just one step at a time. And that's how I got away. It was just one step at a time. Coming home was another, <laughs> was another issue. That was the harder part. But when I got caught, I got dirty lickings. Lickings. It didn't matter how, how many steps I took, how quiet I was. I got lickings. So the result was still the same. Or when I came to know Christ, I had a guilty conscience. Like there was never a way out of those moments. But it was always one step at a time. It only took those subtle steps. And we, we do that physically. But it happens spiritually. We have a, our, our dog passed, one of our dogs passed away in the beginning of the year. Uh, but we have another dog, our last one. Her name is Danny Girl. She knows when she's doing something wrong. Her brother has a dog named Nahi. Every time I see her, if she's doing something wrong, she just hunkers down. She knows when she's doing something wrong. So when Danny girl, now she comes in the house every so often. 
when she goes to a place she's not supposed to go, this is how she does it. So she's just cruising in the house, and then she sees, like, the couch. She sees the couch, and then she's like, And I'm just watching her. I'm like, you know it's wrong. <laughs> like, you actually know it's wrong. You're not just cruising in the house like, I'm going to jump on the couch because I can. You know you're not supposed to be on the couch. But she does it very subtly. Like, maybe he doesn't see me. Or maybe if I, like, if I go slow, maybe after a while, he's not even going to know <laughs> that I'm on the couch because the couch is so much better than the tile floor. And the little blanket that you give me that is so thin. How am I doing? Am I doing? Oh, no, he has that look. That's exactly what she does. And she stays there for a little while. And all I have to say is, Danny girl. And she gets up and she leaves. A dog knows that. We should have that awareness. We should have the awareness that even the little steps that we take in the wrong direction, we should catch. We should be able to repent from those ways, our own ways. When we have the Holy Spirit guiding us, we'll feel that tension. It's called conviction. We'll be stepping in a direction like, should I be doing this? No, okay. Okay. We, we're going to sense that. Now, some of us are like, oh, I don't like have that. I don't want to have the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to have that. I just like run and do my own thing. Yeah, but the end result is the same. You can get lickings. The end result is still the same. You're still going to crash and burn. It just may not have happened yet. So we repent. We follow the direction of the Lord. Matthew chapter 18, verse 7 tells us, Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come. But woe to the man by whom the offenses comes. Or whom the offense comes. So Jesus is already telling us, this is a, you don't want to hang on to these things. You don't want to offend God. You want to head in the right direction. To repent. To take the step, a step, in the direction of the Lord. That we turn from all of our offenses, our transgressions, or we trespass against the Lord, or we sin, we have rebellion. And then he says, when you repent, you'll be able to experience true life. Repent and live. And then finally, not just be aware of our own ways or repent from all of our offenses, but to follow the good shepherd. Follow the good shepherd. Don't follow another human being. It's good to learn from one another, but follow the good shepherd. And before the service began, before we started worship, I read out of Psalm chapter 14, where there is no one that is good, not even one, except him. He is the good shepherd. And sometimes we want, we want to follow someone else other than Jesus. We want someone else to care for us other than Jesus or to provide for us, to teach us, to train us, to value us, to lead us. We want the government to provide for us. We want the government to lead us or to take care of us. Now, I get it. There are times and seasons where we need help. I get it. So I, I'm not against having government, our government help us or when we pay taxes that it can be used for good and helping people. I'm not against it at all. But if I develop a mentality that I need other people to care for me and I will never turn to the Lord, 
Now I'm running into a difficult situation because what happens when everything fails? Because it will. Do I still have a solid foundation as I follow the good shepherd? Sometimes we want our boss to take care of us. We want the boss to provide, the job to provide, the boss to give us vision or to show us the way, which is fine. But if I'm only relying on people, then I, don't, I will never experience true life. Sometimes we want the church or even a pastor or a leader to, to make sure we're doing okay. We want other people to make sure that our relationship with God is good. But if I'm not connected to people, then my relationship with God crumbles. I'm responsible for that, not someone else. Now, we can help each other. We can love each other. And the Bible does say to, to connect with one another. And by all this, men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So that's fine. But if I'm expecting others to make sure my relationship with the Lord is solid and good, then I will be disappointed. I'm just letting you know that because man will disappoint you. Because inside of a man is no good. Inside of us human beings are no good. There's only one good shepherd, and he's the one that guides us. He's the one that cares for our spirit. He calls us every single day and checks up on us. Not gonna, I'm not going to leave that responsibility for somebody else. I'm going to listen for the call of the Lord, and when he checks up on me, I'm going to draw close to him. It's good that we can check up on each other, and we do that, but I'm not going to wait for someone. I'm going to check in with the Lord because he's always calling on me. As Psalm 146 tells us in verses 3 through 5, don't look to men for help. Their greatest leaders fail. For every man must die. His breathing stops, life ends, and in a moment, all he planned for himself is ended. But happy is the man who has the God of Jacob as his helper, whose help is in the Lord his God. God is the good shepherd. He gave us Jesus to lead us, to guide us, the person of the Holy Spirit to guide us in this world, to lead us correctly. There's only one shepherd who can fulfill all of our needs and all of our heart's desires. To put that much responsibility on another human being, that's far too much for them to bear. Only Jesus can bear that weight and responsibility. In John 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verses 11, 14, and 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And this is right after he said, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have given you life, life more abundantly. That's why I came. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. says, oh, do we have this? I need to learn, I need to learn, watch out that it doesn't just glare online now. Are we good? 
Okay, how are we online? I'm just making sure it's not too loud for you online. Sorry, my battery just went out. I forgot to change my battery. That's on me, my fault. So when he says that I lay down my life for my sheep, only he does that. We don't do that for each other. I mean, there are some people that will do that. But what he's saying is, I am the good shepherd. I will always look out for the best of your interest. So we get to follow the good shepherd. And then in Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, it tells us, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. The lamb is the lamb of God. And Jamie, you can come to the keyboard. He will lead them to springs of living water. This is a, this is a, a picture that God wants us to have. That Jesus is going to lead us to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Imagine that. That there is a day that God is, is drawing us towards that he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. No more pain, no more suffering. Until then, we, we get to be a part of who he is as the good shepherd. And being the good shepherd... He's the one that is going to allow us the privilege of being a part of his kingdom and experience true life. We're going to pray together, and as we do, let this sink in. I have a couple of reflection and discussion questions that we want to look at. And the question is this, how can, how can we be more aware of ourself? How can be, we be more aware? And then who can you surround yourself with who can help you in that area in having self-awareness or being aware of our own ways? The second thing is to take some time to sit with Jesus so that he can speak to you where there may be offenses. And then the last question, is there anyone you've been following more than the good shepherd? Who we know as Jesus. If so, what steps can you take to repent? And I want us to dig deep in this one. And I especially want to speak to us as believers uh, when it came to the election. And the reason why I'm speaking this, okay, I'm not trying to be political. Here, here's why I'm saying this. I know believers who are distraught and feel like the end of the world is happening due to a president election. Both ways. Four years ago and then this past election. So here's where we come back to us as believers. There's only one king in the kingdom. And it is Jesus. Regardless of if our government does well or not, doesn't change his kingdom. As believers, we are a part of a different kingdom. We're not, of the, we're not a part of the kingdom of the world. Yes, it's, it's great that we get to vote. Yes, it's great that we get, to, we get to support. But for our lives to be in such disarray because of a person... I have to rethink, am I being led correctly? Have I been following the right spirit? Have I been following Jesus? Have I been, am I being led by the Holy Spirit? Now, we can go through our emotions. That's not what I'm talking about. Our emotions are real. So whenever something happens, we're going to have emotions. That's fine. But we can still experience true life. And as believers, God gave us a mandate, a command, and a mission. He says, you're going to live in a crooked and perverse generation, but you are to shine as lights. Otherwise, how will people find their way home to Jesus? Would you pray with me? Lord God, we do thank you that 
we, we, we are led by you. We have a guide that we can be led correctly. So today as we, we kind of look to you to, to be a mirror to us, can you help us to be aware of our own ways that we would repent and turn to you that we would reflect and and at least come to a place where we're able to see the bigger picture of what you're asking of us that we can follow you whatever offenses that we may be hanging on to we repent from that if we've caused anyone to stumble if we've done something against someone and we know it Give us the wisdom in how to take those next steps in repenting from even those offenses and how we can make things right. Because you're the good shepherd and we want to be led by you. So thank you for leading us well. We pray this in Jesus' precious name and we all sit together, amen. Well, we pray that today has been helpful and as we conclude, let this Let the words sink in because it is the Holy Spirit that guides us in every single step we take. So let's step in the right direction today. Let's be led correctly. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon.